This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 349. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening and thank you for downloading once again. Really great to have your company. Welcome to, to our first-time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This week... Is this the end for Huawei? They've just had their access to Android blocked by Google. Optus has revealed its real-world 5G home broadband speeds, and it puts the NBN in the shade. And DJI has launched the Osmo Action to take on the GoPro. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Arlo Ultra wire-free security cameras. We're going to run our eye over Hisense's new Series 7 TV. And Samsung has unveiled the new Space Monitor. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, first up, Huawei uh, who are in all sorts of trouble after the latest announcement from Google. They've cut off the Chinese smartphone manufacturer's access to updates of the Android operating system. So basically, if you own an Android smartphone, you will no longer receive the Android updates. But that's not the end of it. It actually gets worse. Uh, you'll also have no longer have access in, in the coming days and weeks. You will also have restricted access to the Google Play Store and Google apps, including Chrome and YouTube apps, even Gmail, are also uh, will be, will be uh, in, inaccessible from the Google Play Store as well. It's early days yet, We've we've tried to get some information from the telcos about this, and they're saying that uh, there there's no immediate effect to customers at the moment because you got you got to remember there'd be a lot of users who have Huawei handsets on plans with Vodafone and Optus and Telstra, and naturally, if a customer's on a plan for two years with a Huawei device. And that device will no longer be able to use certain Google apps or receive any Android updates. A lot of Android updates are also to do with security as well. Then you'd think they'd be entitled to have to, to some course of action. So that that is that something that they haven't even thought of yet. There's kind of a we'll cross that bridge when we come to it kind of scenario that's going on right now. There'll be a lot of discussions happening in boardrooms around the country. But for the company itself, for Huawei, this is another a massive blow to the company. They were already, as a result of the US trade sanctions, they were already barred from the 5G, building the 5G network in the US and also here in Australia, my information is that there was a lot of pressure from the US to for us to ban Huawei from the 5G bid, uh, which which then the US followed up on themselves. And this this second this second uh, news that that's affected them with this this ban this this reduced access to Android uh, is a result of a more recent sanction against uh from the u.s uh, part of the trump administration's decisions they've acts they've added huawei to this trade blacklist which uh effectively banned huawei from doing business with u.s companies and google uh its parent company is actually called alphabet inc which is the parent company of google u.s companies and as a result they're going to be affected won't affect Samsung. I think they're popping champagne corks over there. That won't affect them at all. They're a South Korean company, and it's business as usual for them. I think Huawei was probably their biggest threat. They were Huawei had become the number two smartphone manufacturer in the world, and were nipping at Samsung's heels. And in the Android world, it, it's a lot easier for a customer to switch from a Samsung to a Huawei, and vice versa, than it would be to attract, a, say, a customer who is an Apple, an iPhone user. Going moving from iOS to Android uh, is not as easy as seamless as moving from Android to Android from between Samsung and Huawei. So, this effectively has uh, has put put Huawei 
out of out of Samsung's worry, they're, they're going to see a lot more sales now as a result of this. There'd be customers who are listening to this right now who were potentially weighing up uh, maybe a P30 Pro or the Mate 20 Pro, which was released uh, last year, a Nova, uh, all phones that I've reviewed on Tech Guide and some of the best phones I've ever used. Uh, they'd be thinking twice now before planting their money down for a new smartphone, worried that they don't want to end up with just just a brick or just a camera. I know the P30 Pro is an excellent camera, but uh, it could potentially be that's all it will be for you uh, is a good camera uh, with with this 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 restricted access to the Android updates. So, so what does that exactly mean? Uh, that there is there is a, a way for them to keep their current Android operating system. Android is a, a, an open source platform. But it's the updates and the newer versions of Android that they will no longer have licensing for. Uh, so not only will they have a, it'll be you'll be stuck with the version of Android that you've got, but also I think the biggest problem is going to be being cut off from the Google Play Store. So Gmail, the Chrome browser, YouTube apps, all these Google apps may no longer work or may no longer be updated. We're still waiting for that. Won't affect won't affect Huawei in China, by the way. All those Google apps I mentioned are all banned. So Huawei's got their own operating system for Chinese customers. They've got around that. Whether they're going to roll that out to the rest of the world is yet to be seen. But there, there, there are reports, though, that Huawei had already been working towards uh, this possibility and had been developing their own technology, their own operating system for a few years now. So maybe they saw this in the pipeline and had a contingency plan. They may launch their own operating system. It may look a lot like Android and operate a lot like Android and be compatible with Android apps, but we'll get to find that out officially. Huawei has said nothing. They haven't commented publicly about this just yet. Neither neither has Google, for that matter, as well. So we're waiting to find to find out what they have to say about this. But it it, it is a, a it is a challenging time for Huawei. They're they're banned from the five G rollouts. That now this is going to have a serious effect on their handset business. They do have tens of millions of customers around the world, so they actually sell more phones than Apple. Apple has their own operating system, so it's not beyond the range of comprehension for Huawei to potentially launch their own operating system. Might be a cross between iOS and Android, who knows? And and maybe have a system where there would be compatibility with Google developed apps, with Android developed apps as well. This is me speculating. This is uh, nothing official, of course, but I'm sure smarter people than me back at Huawei headquarters are thinking about a, a workaround for this problem. And, and that's exactly what it is. It is a massive problem because uh, this is a serious uh, ban for them. They've had the plug pulled by Android, the biggest, the biggest operating system, the most popular smartphone operating system on the planet, uh, and they no longer have access to those updates. This story was broken, by the way, by Reuters. They had this exclusive report overnight, uh, and, and they had all the facts here, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's really devastating news for the company, as I said, as well as devastating news for customers. There, there'd be a few, few perhaps people, some of you guys that are listening right now who are currently own Huawei devices, maybe recently purchased a P30 Pro uh, on my recommendation. I, I gave it a glowing review because it is probably the best smartphone in the world right now. Uh, I did have some messages from people who previously bought uh, older Huawei devices, and they're asking me, so what does this mean? Is my phone a brick now? Is it useless? Well, not exactly. It'll still work. You just won't have the latest version of Android uh, on your device, and there may be some restrictions on the Google Play Store. We're still learning this as we go. Uh, once uh, I've been using Android phones for the past couple of months, and the Huawei phone as well, the P30 Pro, uh, I'll be checking that every day to make sure I can still access the Google Play Store to see when, uh, if and when this, this total ban from the Google Play Store is going to take effect because that'll be a first for, for me not having not being able to access the Google Play Store from my device. It'd be like not being able to use the App Store if you're on an iPhone. It just totally cuts, off, cuts you off from the world of apps and all these brand new developments. 
We'll see, though, what develops here. Stay tuned to Tech Guide during the week, techguide.com.au. We're going to have uh, some news. Whatever we hear, we're going, to, we're going to write about it on Tech Guide to keep you guys informed, especially for people not only curious about how this is going to affect the market, but also for people who, or who own Huawei devices or were even thinking of, uh, of purchasing Huawei devices. Uh, this is going to have uh, a flow-on effect in the whole industry around the world, uh, and we're going to keep our eye on it for you. But in the meantime, if you want to read our full report and get your head around this whole thing, it's it's this is D-Day for Huawei. Is this the end? We'll, we'll find out, I guess. If you want to read all about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, Optus has uh, some more 5G news. We, we spoke last week about the 50 sites that were, were rolled out, were, were starting to be rolled out or planned to be rolled out in New South Wales and Victoria, 5G sites. So we, we named all of those last week. You can check those out on techguide.com.au if you want to see if your suburb is on that list. But we've got some more information from Optus, and this is about the speed of their 5G home broadband service. Now, you've got to remember that Optus is rolling out this 5G network, but their focus is mainly providing uh, the broadband support of 5G ahead of its mobile support. So uh, that's a smart move because we can all access the internet, but not everyone has a 5G phone. Well, none are, none are out yet. We're going to probably see some in the, in the next few weeks. But it's a sensible move from Optus kind of hitting hitting their customer base, offering them a product that they can all take advantage of right away, make use of the 5G network right away, rather than being mobile focused and being at the mercy of the smartphone manufacturers. So with their 5G home broadband service, which was announced back in January, by the way, do you remember in January when they, they kind of flicked the switch on the 5G network, the very first 5G base station was down in Canberra in Dixon, and they were, they, that was the day they introduced the Optus home broadband modem and made a promise that that would deliver 50 megabits per second at least. So it's a 50 megabit per second speed guarantee and above. So minimum speed would be 50 megabits per second. Well, fast forward to this week and Optus has revealed for the first time its real world 5G home broadband speeds. They did a test uh, in in the Sid, uh, in the Sydney West, Western Sydney suburbs, and came up with speed uh, the western the Western Sydney suburb of Glendenning, which had hit peak speeds. This is with the Optus 5G home broadband modem, peak speeds of 295 megabits per second, with an average download speed of 100 megabits per second. So let's let's look at that figure. Two hundred and ninety-five megabits per second. That's three times faster than my NBN connection that I have right here, right now, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And as I'm sure some of you who've opted for the fastest NBN speed pack, which is a hundred down, forty up, this is three times that fast. Now it, it, typical speeds. I'm, even though I've signed up for the hundred plan, hundred down, I'd be, I'd probably average about ninety three on a good day, ninety four perhaps. So times that by three, this that peak speed of two ninety five megabits per second. That's three times faster than what I've got right now. So average download speed is a hundred megabits per second. So for those of you listening where you are on the NBN and you maybe have a fiber to the node connection that is that is lucky to get 10 megabits per second if you're lucky uh, those people who maybe haven't been connected to the NBN yet and, and aren't keen to be connected this is going to be an absolute NBN killer with these sorts of speeds now, what would you do if you've got a household who wanted to stream their 4K movies and do everything they wanted to do with a rubbish connection that's probably worse than what you had before the NBN was rolled out? This is going to be of great interest. This story that was published, I published it on Tech Guide today. I've had a massive amount of people asking, when are they going to come to my suburb? Where can I sign up? There is a place, and I've got the link on my story on Tech Guide for you to, uh, to write your, your details, an expression of interest. For, for your interest in getting the 5G service, uh, and that's coming. 
They've also announced Optus the latest round of suburbs that are going to receive this 5G home broadband service. So the 5G network is going to uh, extend to those areas. And we're talking about customers in Bonnie Rig and Minchinbury, also in Sydney's west. If you live in Niagara Park on the New South Wales Central Coast, get your seatbelts on. You're getting Optus 5G as well. Cook in the ACT, and also Kenmore for you Queenslanders just outside of Brisbane, 5G, Optus 5G is coming your way and will offer those speeds. Well, it'll be a minimum speed of 50 megabits per second, which even at that is better than what a lot of people are getting right now. And there's no need to cable anything, no need to run fiber anywhere. I know a lot of people saying, oh, fiber's always better. It's capable of speeds up to one gigabit per second. And yes, you're right, but guess what? 5G has probably lower latency and is also capable of speeds of up to two gigabits per second. I wrote in an editorial when I worked for the Daily Telegraph back in 2007, I wrote an op-ed piece to say that by the time the NBN is finished, there will the wireless technology will be around that will be way, way faster than the NBN's top speeds, and I was right. And this is only Optus 5G, don't forget. We've still got to have Telstra 5G, Vodafone down the track are going to offer 5G. So all this wireless connectivity through 5G, and they'll no doubt have home broadband packs like Optus. Optus is 5G home broadband, 70 bucks a month, unlimited unlimited data. There will, there will be people who won't be able to sign up fast enough. They'll be they'll be doing a hamstring. They'll be trying to get over there to, so quickly to sign up. So this is a real, a significant announcement from Optus, and customers are waiting for this to be connected in their area, as they are with other telcos. But Optus has been really busy on the home broadband side, rather than the mobile side, which is sort of more Telstra. Telstra were all they were they were determined to be the first telco to offer 5G handsets, 5G phones, smartphones, and they'll probably win that race. I'm hearing early June, late May, we're going to see. Uh, something in the market. I, I think I'm hearing early June. We're going to see all that. But Optus have taken a more measured approach and gone for the home broadband customer. And I think they're doing a great job there. Well, if those speeds are any indication, they're doing a terrific job. And I think customers will be lining up down the street to sign up to that service. If you want to read more about that story, see those suburbs that were linked up in New South Wales and Victoria, and also those other suburbs. And to, to check out our story, you know where to head, techguide.com.au. Alrighty, well, DJI is a very well-known brand. I'm a massive fan of DJI. I've, I've, uh, I'm a drone pilot, so I've got my Inspire 2, which is made by DJI. I've also got their the Mavic Pro, Mavic 2 Pro as well. Uh, I've also got the Mavic Air. I'm a bit of a drone fan, a bit of a drone fan. But DJI have come up with a, a new product, and this product is actually, would you believe, takes the technology from the drones and puts it into an action camera. It's called Osmo Action, and yes, it looks like a GoPro, uh, and it's actually designed to compete against the GoPro. It's an action camera, hence the name Osmo Action. So what they've done, they've taken from their portfolio of drones their amazing camera technology. DJI create fantastic cameras. Their cameras, they take amazing videos, amazing images. So they've got that sensor built into the Osmo Action. On top of that, the next best thing they make with their drones is their stabilization technology. They're, they've got their mechanical stabilization, they've got their algorithms working together, and they've shoehorned that into the Osmo action as well to deliver not only great quality video and photographs, but also fantastic stabilization technology as well. What they've done as well to differentiate themselves from the GoPro is to actually have a second screen on the front of the camera. Now, oftentimes with the GoPro, we, we, uh, we're filming ourselves doing something. We might be driving, we might be skiing, we might be doing stuff, and it's ourselves that we want to film. 
Now, with a GoPro, when you, to do that, you've got to kind of hold the camera right in front of your face and maybe put it even on a wide angle so you're not missing anything. Uh, and it's a bit of a, could potentially be a hit or miss situation. But now with the Osmo Action, with this front-facing screen, you can see yourself in the screen. So therefore, you can frame yourself up. Uh, if you're driving, if you're skiing, if you're running, whatever you happen to be doing and you want to film yourself, you might be a, a vlogger. You might be do, shooting videos of yourself uh, you can and you can easily put yourself in the center of the frame thanks to that little screen. It's a 1.4 inch screen on the back, on the front. There's a 2.25 screen inch screen on the back, so you've still got the same kind of look and feel as the GoPro. It is a touch screen, and to switch your views, you just double tap with two fingers on the back screen. That sends the that makes the front display active. Then you do the same thing again to bring it back to the rear screen. So if you want to film outwards rather than yourself you can do that as well now the camera is of course waterproof dustproof shockproof uh, can operate in sub-freezing temperatures as well the onboard sensor can capture 12 megapixel stills and can shoot 4k video at up to 60 frames per second that's uh, that's pretty good it's 50 frames 60 frames per second at 100 megabits per second so stunning detail stunning quality right there uh, it's got a three-glass spherical lens with low distortion. The lens cap also has anti-reflective coating to reduce that lens glare uh, and also is water-resistant. You know, sometimes you've got a GoPro and a little water droplet is on the lens. <laughs> that's annoying. Uh, it won't happen with your DJI Osmo Action. But that stabilization, they've called it rock steady, which, as its name suggests, is rock steady. That's their image stabilization technology. Three-axis mechanical gimbals high-performance algorithms as well, working together to give you ultra-smooth, silky-smooth footage. It's also got HDR on board as well, this little camera. 4K, HDR for 4K at 30 frames per second. That adds another three stops of dynamic range in your scenes as well, so it looks really cool. It's also got slow-mo uh, in 1080, 1080p. And in all, uh, that's at 240 frames per second, or you can shoot four times slow motion in 1080p, 120 frames per second as well. It's also got time lapse on board, so you can turn minutes into seconds and also share that uh, through the MIMO app. So it connects to your Osmo Action, so you can see a live feed through the camera and also use those quick editing features if you want to transfer photos and videos to your mobile device to share on social media as well. There's also going to be an ecosystem of accessories, including the camera frame kit, so that you'll get uh, this universal mount to attach, attach additional accessories uh, and you know whether it's a, a suction or a stick or a floating stick, whatever you need to do, adhesive mounts, a couple come in the box, flat and curved surfaces. There's also filters on this thing. So you get there's four filters you can buy. So there's a polarizer, there's underwater filters, so there's a lot clearer shooting underwater. There's filters to reduce light exposure uh, and polarizer filters to reduce reflections and increase color saturation. Uh, and there are also orange seawater and purple freshwater filters to restore the natural colour of underwater scenes as well. So uh, they've got you covered there, but that's an additional accessory that you have to buy. How much is it, do you, I hear you ask? The DJI Osmo Action is going to be 499 bucks. Uh, I think the GoPro Hero 7 Black is about 549 so 50 bucks more. Uh, I think they reduced that price uh, recently. You can buy it right now, the Osmo Action, through the store.dji.com. The link is in our story on Tech Guide. It's going to be available in stores, though, in early June. If you can't wait, you can buy it through the uh, through this the DJI store, uh, but early June you're going to see it appear in your popular retailers, and uh, it'll be available then. Four hundred ninety nine bucks. I've had it for a few days. I'm in the middle of reviewing it. You'll see the full review on Tech Guide in the coming days. Uh, it is a beauty. I, I really like it. That front screen is a is a massive game changer. I think that that's a massive difference there, and would not surprise me if GoPro take a leaf out of the DJI book and maybe do the same with that front facing screen. Great idea. You want to read more about the DJI Osmo Action? You can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear, and they're issuing a challenge. They're issuing the Orbi Home Wi-Fi Challenge. Here's what you need to do. If you buy an Orbi Home Wi-Fi system and don't get 
much better Wi-Fi across your entire home, you will get your money back. And have a guess how many people have had a refund with the Osmo, the Orbi, I should say, the Orbi Home Wi-Fi Challenge. A total of zero customers. They all love it. The Orbi Wi-Fi systems are designed for any size home, large or small. And for those times when you need a little more, you can also extend the systems with the additional coverage. You can add on satellites. So perfect if you want to extend your network to the backyard, the garage, or even the granny flat. Today's modern house, we need great Wi-Fi. The tri-band Wi-Fi system lets you stream your favorite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra-fast Wi-Fi no matter how many devices are connected. Orbi plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks. It also looks great too. It blends right into your home's decor. Orbi's the easiest, fastest, and most expansive and advanced mesh Wi-Fi network available today. For more information, Visit netgear.com.au. Orby, better Wi-Fi everywhere. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Alrighty, first up, we're going to be talking about the Arlo Ultra Wire-Free Security System. This is uh, an upgrade to the previous system. The Arlo cameras have been fantastic. I've had them at home for years, but this is the first Ultra 4K, Ultra High Definition Resolution Security Cameras. We reviewed the the two-pack, so that comes with two cameras uh, and also the base station. Uh, and this is everything you need is in the box and with what this includes 4k ultra high definition resolution with the two cameras where the twin pack uh, also has hdr which is important when you're looking at say there's a lot of sun a lot of brightness in the image or it's a little bit darker there's like a shadow what the hdr does it allows you to see better in the brighter and darker areas of the image. Normally, in a really bright section of the screen, it'd be a washout. You can't see anything. Same thing with a shadow. If there's, if it's too dark, you see nothing. But HDR actually lifts all those details out of those bright and dark areas and could, could result in you seeing something that you might not have normally seen before, an intruder or something, uh, thanks to that HDR. Also has color night vision. So you know night vision normally is black and white. Well, what the camera has is actually a light, an LED light that can illuminate the scene enough to provide full colour to even in the night vision shot. So if you're an intruder, if there's someone trying to break into your house with a, a green top and red pants, uh, they're South's colours, you would never wear those colours, green or black, whatever, you're going to see them in colour. So rather than you saying, oh, yeah, look bright, look black, look light, you got colour night vision. There's also two dual noise-cancelling microphones on board as well. Now, you think about when you try to talk to someone through the microphones, uh, there's also a wind filter, so it knocks out all that background noise and, and reduces the sound of the wind. So you can clearly not only hear what's going on, but if you have to talk to someone in front of the camera, it is crystal clear, such clear audio, clearest audio we've heard on a camera. I tested it out uh, on my dogs. My camera looks out over the, our, the our backyard. And sometimes when our dogs are sitting there, I like to talk to them and they're, they're looking up at the camera trying to work out where I'm, where I'm coming from. But they can hear me very, very clearly. They uh, were wondering where I was. All they heard was just, was just my voice. It was quite funny. They've uh, got a little, slightly new design, the cameras as well. So it's a more compact, modular unit. Still wire-free. Still weatherproof, so you can put them outside, inside, uh, and and this is a system for someone who they're serious about their security. Not only do they want the cameras, but having the cameras is not where it ends; it's where it begins. You also need that connection. So they've got a great companion app that that, that comes with the uh, Arlo. It's free to download to your iPhone or Android device, free. And it allows you to not only view live footage, but also view remotely. So if you're viewing from another country or you can view your recordings as well, you can pay to subscribe to uh, the cloud service, which lets you uh, set them to record any type of motion. Uh, You can go back and look through all of those recordings as well. You've got to remember, like we live in a country that's fairly safe, but Australia still, there's still a burglary every three minutes in Australia with 2.5% of households experiencing a break-in. Australia actually ranks fifth 
for the highest rates of burglary in the world. Uh, on average, uh, in the world, with 75% of break-ins having property stolen or damaged. And 82% of homeowners never heard or saw anything at the time of the break-in. So having a security camera that you can look back on, and with 4K resolution, that means you can see faces clearly, number plates really clearly, all that detail that you would need to provide to the authorities uh, in the event that there is, uh, you know, God forbid someone breaks in a house or someone's hanging around your home, you've got that amazing detail, this high-resolution video to, to see those faces really clearly, uh, details, you know, clothing, logos, all those sorts of things, number plates, you name it, uh, it is much easier to see. The Arlo Ultra, though, uh, links back to a smart hub that comes with this two-pack, this twin-pack kit. Uh, and from there, when you get the app, it'll, it'll find the hub, and the next step is then to name the hub, and then, you, uh, then it looks for the other cameras, syncs them up, and you place them. Very simple. Uh, it comes with the mounts, comes with all the screws that you need. There's a magnetic mount. There's also an adjustable mount as well, uh, so you can place them in, in wherever you like. At our place, there's one looking at the front door. There's one also looking at the back deck. I've got another camera looking down the side of my house as well. And within the app, I can, at, at, at my fingertips, look at all those video feeds coming in. Uh, I can see, I can look back even through my library of motion recordings. Uh, and what I like about it, that the, the Arlo Ultra uh, app, uh, the cameras and the app itself, is intelligent enough. It gives you these intelligent notifications. So you might say, look, only send me motion detection notifications if it's a person. So you don't want to get uh, a pet notification or vehicle movement uh, so that you can distinguish that. And when you're looking through the library of motion, it says beside it, before you even hit play on that particular video, it'll say person, it'll say animal. Uh, so it'll tell you what you're looking at. So you can really quickly run down the list and play only what you want to see. Uh, it's also smart enough to distinguish not only between people and pets but also vehicles and can even recognise if there's a parcel sitting on your doorstep as well. So you get a notification to say there's a parcel on your doorstep. Uh, you might ring your neighbour or ring your wife, whoever's around, ring your partner, tell them to go pick up the parcel, put it inside before someone takes it. But if someone did take it, you've got great video of them through the Arlo Ultra camera. So there's that upside as well. This is uh, an excellent camera. It's got 180 degree field of view, by the way. So when you when you place the camera, 180 degrees. So if, if this camera was on a wall, okay, the left side of the image will be one side of the wall, and the right side of the image will be that same wall that you're looking from. But what what I like about it is there is this te this new de warping technology on board as well. So what you're looking at is a straight image. So rather than you looking at this this big fisheye effect and you can make out nothing, it does have this de warping effect to take that fisheye effect out of the video or out of the photo. Uh, so you can see that very well. On the audio side, I told you about the dual microphones. Uh, it is very clear, that advanced noise cancellation as well, that powerful LED light as well. So uh, not only does it work as a bit of a night light, but it also shines, when it notices motion in front of it, shines a light uh, and records, and that then it provides that night the uh, colour night vision that I was talking about earlier. The, uh, the Smart Hub also includes a micro SD card slot, so uh, you can record locally. Uh, you, or, or you can choose to have the, the cloud storage as well. There is a, there is a fee for that. You, you can subscribe uh, a, a small monthly fee, which allows you to, uh, to be able to store, I think, up to 30 days worth of recordings and allows you then to, to view them uh, whenever you want. So uh, you can also, as I said, re uh, record to the micro SD card. Uh, or to the cloud services and then play them back uh, from anywhere, on any device, on a browser, on your phone, on a tablet, uh, you can do that as well. Now, pricing for the two-camera system uh, and also comes with one year of subscription to the Arlo Smart Premier. Uh, that's $1,049.99, but I have seen this in store for $949.99. So $1,050, let's call it, is the recommended retail price 
but I have seen some retailers discounting this for well below $1,000. So it pays to shop around. But in the meantime, if you want to read our complete review, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Next up, we're chatting TVs, and in this case, it's the Hisense 65-inch Series 7 4K ULED TV. Now, Hisense, as we know, has a range, a good, better, best range. This is kind of the good range, Series 7. There's also a Series 8 and a Series 9. Uh, this What we viewed was a 65-inch Series 7 4K. It's ULED, which is their own proprietary technology. Uh, so they've got a lot of patents here. So for picture quality is excellent. This is a TV that only costs $2,499. So it's great value if you're looking for a large screen TV that's got all the smarts. It obviously not as good as Series 8 and Series 9. I'll explain the differences there in a moment. But it is a really nice looking TV, very minimal design, very thin bezels, really nice short legs uh, above this minimal design. It looks really nice. I think everything's designed for you to focus just on the picture rather than the actual TV itself, if you know what I mean. It's thin bezels, the picture's king. You also get with this Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. So you get the HDR technology, that's Dolby Vision, and Dolby Atmos, which creates that this surround sound, 3D, 3 dimensional sound which is pretty good value for a tv of this size and price normally you get dolby atmos on, on more expensive tvs from other brands it's also got on board ultra local dimming which differs between the models obviously series 7 is sort of more your there, there are all these dimming zones which that means that the backlight is controlled in such a way to give better black levels and also create better contrast so if there's a scene where there's a lot of black in the bottom corner it'll turn off those backlights in that particular corner to emphasize the black levels with series 8 and series 9 there are more ultra local dimming zones which means they can actually specify even smaller parts of the screen for that uh that, that special local dimming, so to make more parts of the screen darker. So still good, still great. The, the Series 7, I was very impressed. Uh, the, the, the contrast and the black levels were, were very, very impressive, above average for, for a TV in this class. Uh, and and I, I watched various things on it. I watched uh, a lot of 4K native content. I watched Blu-ray, 4K. Uh, everything looked fantastic on this TV. Colors rendered really accurately. HDR chimes in. It does a great job to maintain that clarity in those bright and dark areas of the screen as well. 4K content uh, looked fantastic. There was this great 4K content of, about all these animals in the wild, and you can see every detail in, in fur and feathers and, and flakes of snow on their, on, their, on their coats as well. It looked remarkable. We, of course, watched uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, the only Star Wars film available on 4K. Can you believe that? And the opening crawl of every Star Wars film, you know where the, the, the writing goes up the screen, that's always my great test for testing the black levels. If I can see the top and bottom bars very clearly from the black on the picture... I'll know the black levels are, are not quite up to scratch. With the high sense, with the Series 7, the black levels were above average. They're not, not as good as, obviously, more expensive TVs, but for punching above its weight for what you're paying for here. So they were respectable, let's say that. Uh, if you're watching sport as well, this is a great TV because it's got 200 hertz refresh rate, so you get a lot of a, a lot smoother image. If you're watching uh, fast, like action movies and stuff like that, good to have uh, that 200 hertz there. Uh, they've also got sound uh, sport mode and gaming uh, sound modes as well, so it can give you that sound quality based on what you're watching or what you're playing which is also handy. On the smart side, they've got the VDAR U 3.0 AI uh, operating system, which is, makes it really easy to manage the moving around the menus and accessing your sources and accessing Netflix. They've got shortcuts on, on, the, on the remote control for that as well. So very, you can get straight into your Netflix show really quickly. 
It also has Alexa on board. So you can link your TV to Alexa. You might have an Alexa smart speaker in your house. Uh, really easy to link uh, to the TV to Alexa. And you can say, you know, set my volume to 7 or change to the Blu-ray player or turn on, turn off. There's a lot of things you can tell the TV to do just with your voice. You don't have to do anything. You can adjust the volume, switch the sources, turn the TV on and off just by using your voice. There's also, uh, oh, this is what I like about Hisense TVs. They, you can download the remote now app, which means that if you can't find the remote or you don't, you're not holding the remote, you can re- download the Remote Now app, which has everything that the physical remote control has, but on your phone. So you can change the channel, adjust the volume, everything you need to do is right there on your phone. And for those times where you can't find the bloody remote, just get out the phone app and away you go. You can still control. Oh, actually, someone someone tweeted that they couldn't find the remote control and couldn't watch the Game of Thrones finale. Can you believe that? How frustrating. But if you had this and you had the Remote Now app, you can just whip out your phone and away you go. Very cool. The uh, whole thing, the AI operating system is very nice. And as I said, shortcuts to Netflix and YouTube and all those popular apps all pop up along the bottom of the screen there. You can access the menus and settings of the TV very easily as well. There's also Bluetooth on board as well, which is really handy. I get a lot of emails and questions about, I, I, I want to be able to watch TV without disturbing my household. How do I do it? Well, with Bluetooth, you can just connect your Bluetooth headphones to this TV. So... All you'll hear is through the headphones. If you want to watch a movie or you know you want to crank up the volume on a movie, you can. if you've got a decent pair of headphones, you can still enjoy the movie without keeping the whole house up if you want to do that. That's a, a great addition to the Hisense Series 7 TV. The Hisense Series 7 65-inch 4K ULED TV is available now. And look, recommended retail price is $2,499. It is probably, and I know it is, cheaper in store. So you want to great value TV with a lot of those features you find on all the top line the, the top line TVs uh, this is definitely worth a look price at 24.99 or probably cheaper in store uh, so if you want to read our complete review before you head out and buy this thing you can check that out at techguide.com.au this is tech guide with Stephen Fennec Next up, we're chatting about Samsung's new space monitor. And this isn't a monitor that goes into space. This is a monitor that can give you space. And by that, I mean this is a monitor that can fit along the wall of your office or on the edge of your desk. So normally with a monitor, it's sitting on your desk. There's, there's, two, there's legs there, it's got a stand, and it takes up room on your desk. Well, with the new space monitor, there's this this great desk clamp. So it's like a, it clamps to the side of the desk. So rather than it sitting on the desk, it clamps to the edge of the desk. And that allows you to either push the monitor flat against the wall. So if you're against the wall or flat to the edge of the desk. And then it also has the flexibility for you to actually grab the monitor and pull it closer to yourself to position it how you want. Uh, but without taking up your desktop space. That's why it's called the space monitor. So it gives you this uncluttered workspace, yet gives you that flexibility to have the monitor really close to you, up against the wall to give you some room, uh, and, and really does a great job in giving you, giving you back that desk real estate and also reducing the clutter on your desk. So the, it's available in 27-inch and 32-inch. The 27-inch has got your full HD resolution. 32-inch has 4K UHD resolution uh, and has this great cable management too that runs down the back of the stand. So you can connect power and the HDMI cable runs down through the arm of the monitor and out of sight. So very uncluttered view uh, and gives you that work that workspace back desktop real estate is very valuable. They've done research to actually to show that messy workspaces can be a source of tension between colleagues. Are you one of these people who looks at your colleague's desk and, and gets annoyed thinking how messy it is? 34% of people admitted to being bothered by their co-workers' untidy desks. Are you the person being annoyed or are you the one with the untidy desk annoying other people? <laughs> There are stats out there. 60% believe the state of a person's work desk reflects the sort of person they are. 
So if you've got a tidy desk, does that mean you're efficient? Or if you've got a messy desk, does that mean that you're, you're a slob? I don't know. Studies have shown, though, that 83% of respondents believe those with clean desks are more organized and more efficient. So if you need a bit of help in this area, you want something that's going to give you the features of a monitor but without hogging the workspace, then the space monitor is definitely worth a look. Uh, there's two sizes that I mentioned. The 32-inch is $999. That's the 4K model. If you want a smaller one, 27-inch, full HD, that's going to set you back $799. So $999 for the 32-inch, $799 for the 27-inch, and it's available through uh, Samsung's website and also through Select Retail Partners. All the details, all the refresh rates, the resolution, uh, they're all flat screens, by the way. They're not curved. I know Samsung have a lot of curved monitors. These are flat monitors, uh, and they've got that amazing dual hinge stand as well, uh, and all the details about brightness and all that refresh rates, you can check them out at our story at Tech Guide. These are, these are really nice monitors. I'm, I know exactly where I'm going to put mine. I'm going to get one in for review. I'm going to put it right up against the wall here so I can see it during the Tech Guide podcast. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can protect you and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we find ourselves in a cyber criminal sites. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online, no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide Help Desk this week, one of the questions I've, I think I've already answered. Remember when I was talking about the Hisense TV that's got Bluetooth built in? Well, one of our readers has, uh, has, has emailed me asking about, uh, they've got a new Samsung TV that doesn't have a headphone headphone jack. And what they used to do is uh, they used to have a little transmitter that plugged into the headphone jack, and that transmitter would then send the signal back to their Sennheiser headphones. Uh, they said, look, what do I do here? How do I connect it? There's no headphone jack. What do I do? Uh, and they said, we've just bought this new TV. It doesn't have the headphone jack. Well, said, guess what? That new TV has got Bluetooth on board. So you don't need the transmitter. You can directly connect to the TV from the actual headphones. So you don't need the transmitter at all. Hopefully, the headphones have Bluetooth on board anyway, and you can connect them, pair them to the TV so that you can hear everything through the headphones. If that's not the case, if you have Sennheiser, if they only work with that transmitter, you may have to spend a couple of hundred bucks on a pair of Bluetooth headphones or earphones uh, to be able to connect to the TV to enjoy your programs. But uh, headphone jacks, yeah, not, not, not very common. We see them on TVs nowadays. Bluetooth has replaced that, uh, including on the Hisense Series 7 that we spoke about a moment ago. Another question we had was from a, uh, a reader who was having their NBN modem installed. And with the NBN, I don't know if anyone, if you guys have had the same experience. When the NBN is installed in your home, they put it in the first accessible place. So I had this issue with my NBN connection. The first phone, because I've got fibre to the curb, which comes in from the curb, so fibre to the curb, my copper line into the house. The first phone line in my house is in the front corner of my house. And that's not where my modem is located. It's located at the second phone line down in my house. Now, at that time, NBN said, we're only obligated to, to connect it to your first phone point, which was in the front corner of my house, which is actually my theater, the, my home theater, which is not where I want my modem. Now, the second point along, which is where my, my office is, that's where I wanted the modem. And they said, look, we're only obligated to do this for you. If you want to move it, talk to your telco, your provider, and they will sort the problem out for you. So they kind of said, look, this is where our duty ends. 
you got to sort yourself out. I've had a similar issue. One of my readers has had the same problem where the modem for their NBN is going to be located at that first point, which is where their TV is located. Uh, and their problem was that they have a digital cordless t- uh, phone and they were worried that it being located to their near their television because the, the cordless phone would then have to connect to the modem uh, instead of the phone line, so the modem, uh, they were worried that having it connected so close to the television would cause interference. Well, I've found, and I've I've got my modem right here. I've got my Uniden digital cordless phone as well, and I've got it next to two TVs. I've got two televisions in my in my office here, and I have not had an issue with interference. So, to answer your question, yes, you can. Ideal situation would be to have your modem away from your TV, just to keep all that separate. Uh, but the uh, the upside is that it won't affect the the signal at all. I've had no issues, and I've got two TVs near my modem, not just one. So uh, maybe uh, not not to worry. Get the uh, NBN installed where they suggest. If if you feel strongly about it, you can get it moved, but you might have to pay a little more to your provider to do that for you, or ask them nicely. They may do it for free. We've written about plenty about the NBN, including what we spoke about earlier. But uh, yeah, Bluetooth on your TV and having a modem near near your television uh, and near your digital cordless phone not going to cause too many interruptions. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's the end of our show this week. Can you believe it? That went so fast. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, send us a voice bite. Hit that record button on Tech Guide. A little recorder will pop up in the middle of the screen. If you're not a voice bite uh, member already, you can easily join up. All it does, all you need to do is do that once. Once you're, uh, you've joined, you've got you, we've got your details, that recorder will pop up instantly. You can record First-time users have to register first, but then you can record your question. So you can ask me your question in your voice. You've got 15 seconds, and I will play your voice on the podcast. Turns it into talkback, and you can then hear yourself and then hear my answer to your question on the podcast as well. Or if you want to go old school, we still accept emails, info at techguide.com.au. We want to also give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online 24-7. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.